Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to The Anthony Sane Show. This is your host, of course, Anthony Sane, here live from the Bluff City Media Studios. My man, Kenny Stubberfield. On the other side of the glass, what's going on with you, my brother? Let's get it, man. Man, it's gonna be a man a special show today, man. We, man, we just keep, you know, what I'm saying, knocking stuff off the bucket list, man. You know what I mean? Just doing stuff that ain't nobody else out here doing in the city of Memphis, man. We, we, we had, uh, you know, we had all type of guests on here, man. Today we got a very special guest. They say you ain't posting big sports and politics, Kenny Stubblefield. I'm doing it again, man. Another one, another one, Kenny Stubblefield for sure, man. My man, Paul Young. Mayoral candidate for the city of Memphis. The mayoral election is coming up very soon. My man Paul Young going to come in here. We're going to talk politics. We're going to talk sports. It's going down today, Kenneth Stubblefield. How you feeling about this? Man, I just I just want you to pop your collar a little man, bit. I, man, I don't, I don't feel like Because, this. I mean, you you have every week, every show, we have somebody new that comes in here. Twice a week. Twice a week. Every, every, every it week. It ain't easy we, to book even it ain't people easy. I call my friends. It ain't easy. <laughs> so, You're able to yeah. just interview Anybody, and I can't wait to see like, wrestlers, it's just wrestlers yeah. and media people and mayoral candidates, man. You just need to flex a little bit. Man, just, ah. More to come, man. Just know it's more to come. Hope y'all, and I appreciate y'all for chiming in. Appreciate you guys for, for locking in twice a week, watching the show, listening to the podcast on, 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 on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you're doing, watching here on YouTube. I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, we appreciate any type of feedback. There was a guy on Twitter that was reminding us we had made some type of error with the, with the audio podcast. Yep. It just made you remember, man. There are people who watch this show, listen to this show so many different ways. That man. are invested in what yeah, invested man. in the yeah. show. They're like, no, nah, I need I need to hear it fresh. This ain't this ain't right. Come on. Yeah. It's 12 and y'all ain't ready. What's I was up? moving too quick, man. Yeah, I put man. the wrong audio in there, <laughs> yep. so I had to go back in and fix, man. Mm-hmm. So. It's all good, man. I appreciate you guys for rocking with us for sure, man. It's been a been a tough week uh for me personally. Uh, a lot of things going on. But, man, just just coming into the studio makes me forget about all of that, man. Thank y'all. Seriously. Um, like I said, Paul Young is going to join us for the sit-down with Sane. Uh, the three-pointer is going to be cool. Uh, I'm kind of in my feelings about a lot of stuff, man. And and, and I'm a – I don't know. Maybe this is going to be therapeutic today. I uh, get to get some stuff off my chest, man. But since the last time we talked, um, Kenny Stubberfield <clears> – <throat> Yeah, this Michael Orr stuff needs another dose. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. We gotta run it back. I, I, we left some stuff untalked about. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm not done. And another thing. <laughs> yeah, so a couple things I wanted to talk about to add on to that, man. We talked about this the other day, the whole Michael Orr situation against the Tui family, and it seems like people are getting caught up in the bullshit. They're like, man, like um, there was a post I put on Facebook today, and it was talking about. Well, let, let me say this first. There was a post on Facebook where someone was saying, y'all need to look at the timeline. It was like, Michael Orr married a black woman in 2022. <laughs> Ever since then. <laughs> Ever since then. His eyes have been open to the things that have been happening to him. And this is what I, and it was a great post, man. A lot of people chimed in. You better know it and all that type of stuff. And yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, and I'll say with this person, I know people, a lot of people may be you know offended by, what, by that statement. But... You know this, Kenny. You've been you're married. I've been married before too. When you get married, man, nothing really shows you how screwed up you are yep. like getting married. Yep. And then having kids just doubles down on it. It just shows <laughs> you how doubly messed up you were before you before these people came into your life. And like seriously, man, like and if you and my mother was a black woman, I was married to one, you know, I've dated several 
black women, of course. So I know black women, and, and they will straighten you up. A good, solid woman will try to make you better than the way you were when she found you. You, know what you I mean? have no choice but to be better, right? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, it totally makes sense. And it's that, not just black women. as any woman, but yeah. 100%. Yeah, so a lot, I think some of that is going on. I'm going to talk about that today, and I'm also going to talk about um, – there are a lot of semantics. Okay, so in, anyway, in that post that I put on Facebook, some lady comes in and she puts up a picture showing that Michael Orr got paid his benefits from the movie. And I know that's something that people are putting out in front on this story, but that's not the whole story. That is not it's, the point. It's, it's a lot more going on with this than just, they made this movie and I didn't get paid. It is, it's, it's more than just that. I don't even care about that. I, mean, I haven't even really looked into that part too much. My thing is, does Michael Orr have the right to fill away? And today I'm going to put many things out before you today that I think Michael Orr should feel a way about. This, so that I'm granted to be okay that Michael Orr feels a way about. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> first of all, the man, like I said, he's a married man and he's got kids. Imagine what family movie night is like <laughs> if the blind side comes on and... Uh, Kids, wife, everybody gets to see him portrayed as a homeless man who could barely read and write, had to be taught football, didn't know what a bed was, etc. Not just taught football. <laughs> taught football, football by a child. By a child. <laughs> Using condiments. Oh, man. That's, that's, what do you say, Kenny Stubblefield? Is there something that is okay for Michael Orr to feel a way about? Bro, if... Someone takes a picture of me in my house that mm -hmm. I don't like, I will ask them to delete it because yeah. I don't want that person. Like, if you tag me in a picture on Facebook and I ain't looking cold, I'm going I'm to I'm block you. So, of course, <laughs> right. this movie is everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. The people that were in that movie are ultra famous. And everybody looks dope from the movie. And everybody looks dope except for the millionaire NFL star. The, <laughs> the professional football player. Right. Right. Yeah, he absolutely has a right to feel some kind of way about how he was portrayed. Right. So I'm going to give him a ding on it. We don't know, but we can't do sound effects yet. But yeah. Oh, we we got a sound effect. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. He also was clearly targeted because he was an athlete. Uh, we talked about this the other day as well. If he was a if he was a trombone player in a band, <laughs> I don't think the two is with. Throw money at him. Is that even debatable at this point? Anthony? That's the part that people stop. That people are not talking about. Like they're talking about everything except for man. Y'all are trying to act like these people are great people when they clearly only did this. And this is the thing too, man. <clears throat> let's let's really think how rich people think. You know what I mean? Because we know boosters. <laughs> we we know people who are boosters for U of M or whatever school. We know their mentality. We know how much they care about their team, care about their alum, their school that they graduated from, or whatever they're doing. With that being said, no offense to anyone, but I'm just going to throw this out. My whole thing, when I first heard this thing about, um, about Michael Orr, it wasn't about him getting to the NFL. I'm aware that the Tuis have money. They got their Taco Bell money. But I do feel a way that y'all let the Mexican melt and the Mexican pizza just in. <laughs> like, I, I do. I, I, I do, I do kind of. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jaded, but just simply because of how certain menu items at Taco uh, Bell. Oh, you the Taco Bell people? Give me my Mexi Melt Man, give me my Mexi Melt back. You. <laughs> well, I, I feel a way that the, that the, that the uh, Nacho Bell Grande tastes like trash. Right. Compared to something that was an amazing dish in my college years and high school years. It just don't taste the same. The chips ain't, the chips ain't right no more. 
Kenny Stubblefield. I don't. I, I can't really put a finger on it, but it just ain't right. When your anxiety and your glaucoma were acting up, Taco Bell. Oh, who you telling? Who you telling? Was a fixture. When the munchies were hunching, <laughs> you got to get that Taco Bell. So I blame the toys, man. But there's a certain, um, what's it, what's the thing it's called? The uh, freezes or whatever they're called. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what they're called. I hadn't had Taco Bell. Listen, I hadn't had Taco Bell in decades. All that false advertising, they got that bomb, like, kiwi watermelon flavor. Then you go up there and we ain't got nothing but, uh, like, I mean, look, I don't want it. <laughs> I want the one y'all been advertising for the last two weeks. Where's that one that's on the commercial? <laughs> right. I don't want uh, orange. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mango. So, yeah, I blame you for that, Tui family. But no, man, um, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. But, yeah, he's got he's got the right to feel upset about it. Well, you were talking about the the fact that. Oh, he wouldn't, if he was a regular kid, y'all wouldn't right. have gave a damn. Yeah, like oh, 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 here's the targeted the side of things. I've always thought that their whole end game was to get this kid to Ole Miss. Like, I, everything else, I don't even think mattered. Like, they knew he was going to the NFL anyway. They they probably didn't touch a piece of his money. Even with the, the conservatism or whatever, they didn't touch this dude's money. They wanted to get him to Ole Miss. Rich people who are fans of these schools get off on getting kids to their schools. Like, they said that. And there are people Anthony. acting like they don't get that far. Like, they like, said that. Like, what is wrong with y'all, man? Like, they said that that was the case. They said, right. Sean Tui just a few days ago came out in an interview and said, the reason we got that was to make sure that when he went to Ole Miss, the NCAA mm -hmm. wouldn't look negatively on right. the situation. And then people say, well, they, like you said, they just did that so he could get in the, he could get into college. No, he didn't need that to get into college. He needed that to get into Ole Miss. Because Sean Tui is a booster for Ole Miss. Same reason why Penny Hardaway got in trouble. Like, Penny Hardaway just couldn't take some random kid and just, right. hey, go to Memphis and I pay your way or whatever. No. No, he couldn't do that. Same reason way Sean, same way Sean Tui couldn't do that. Right. But that kid could have went to any school in the country. He didn't have to go to Ole Miss. Right. So th there was no point really to get that conservatism. Uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> Conservator <laughs> keeps conservatism. Conservatorship. Conservatorship. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, that. Now, he ain't had to get that. All right. Now, this is what's kind of grinding my gears today, uh, Kenny Stubberfield. There was an interview with the lawyer for the Tuies, and he said that the con the conservatorship uh, didn't affect any of his NFL money, nor his free nor his agency. Like, who was his agent? And I believed it. I think that's one hundred percent truth. I don't I don't doubt that at all. Then they kind of went to this kind of smear thing with him, like trying to make him look like try to discredit him, talking about how Sean Tui. Um, you know, suggested this agent for him. He turned that one down. He picked his own. Ended up having three agents by the time his career was over with. Like, dude, that's like, and? just describe half of the NFL. Half the, half the NFL? Yeah. Like, what are we talking <laughs> like about? Like, he was just trying to discredit uh, Michael Orr, which is trash. Um, do I think that he should feel a way about that? Yes, I do. Uh, thank you for the ding, Kenny. Um, they interviewed Hugh Freeze today. Uh, Kenny Stubblefield. Uh, and um, he said that, you know, he loves Michael. He loves the Tuies. Of course he does. Yeah, of course. We'll get into that. Um, he said that, you know, he hates this is so so unfortunate. And all, at the end of the day, this is a family that tried to help and help this young man. Oh, he said something to trigger that thing the same today, uh, Kenny Stubblefield. We're not going to talk much about Hugh Freeze today. Uh, I, I challenge you to Google him. Uh, <laughs> if you really want to, yeah, go into those black dark pages of Twitter, of uh, of the internet. Go to the Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Go to <laughs> go look up Hugh Freeze. I'll leave that go to you. Go to yourself. the Hugh Freeze Reddit. But he said something that really got under my skin. Uh, listeners, watchers of the Anthony Sane show. He said, um, 
if this didn't happen, I think that that the that the Michael Orr story wouldn't have happened, or you wouldn't have, or the story wouldn't have ended this way, or something, something to that line. And I'll say this to Hugh Freeze: the only person whose story wouldn't happen if it wasn't for Michael Orr, the, the two is were rich and famous. Michael Orr was a top offensive lineman in the country. My guess is he would have been okay. The only person whose story would have been would not have happened would be yours, Hugh Freeze, because you're the one who rode Michael Orr to Ole Miss to get, a, to get an assistant coach job because he committed to Ole Miss, and you parlayed that into a professional coaching career. So the only person whose story really would have been affected by the twoies would be yours. Hugh Freeze is a clown. <laughs> get out of my a face. clown. Get out of my face immediately, bro. Um, more questions that I think need, need answers, uh, Kenyon Stubblefield. Um... We talked about him, how he didn't really need a conservator dictatorship because he didn't have to go to Ole Miss. Right. He, he only needed that two go to Ole Miss because Sean Tui was a booster for Ole Miss. We talked about that. Um, he lived with the Tui since he was 16 years old. If they really had the desire to adopt him, they could have adopted him. At Imagine 16 that. years old. Exactly. So why didn't that happen? Anyone have any guesses as to why? <laughs> Oh, man. I'll, I'll ask you a question. If the Tuohys died today, mm. would Michael Orr be able to get his share of their inheritance? The answer is... No. <laughs> Why? Because he's not their adopted, legally adopted son. Makes you wonder, doesn't the Kenny Stubblefield? Makes you wonder why they're still calling him their adopted son when he never was legally adopted. Because if he was adopted, he would share his rights to their... Legal inheritance. Let this sit for a minute. Y'all know my daddy was a pastor. So let y'all just sit on that one for a minute. Um, Offering plate. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've thrown out some additional information uh, to you all today just to give you all something to ponder. And the question I asked was, does, because I don't care about the money part. I'm sure he's gotten some type of money from this movie. I'm sure it's not a lot of money that came from the movie. The Tuohys are out here doing, you know, touring the world and, you know, speaking about this stuff. And they're out there looking like the heroes. And I understand something else people are saying is that, you know, this, this is a movie, man. Uh, every movie is different from the truth. But this story, most, that's true. When most movies go to Hollywood, they doctor everything. I watched the Wu-Tang Clan show, and I could tell that there's a bunch of nonsense just off of my, my basic fandom of the Wu-Tang Clan, I knew that I was watching a bunch of fabricated nonsense. But with that being said, it hits a little different, Kenny Stubblefield. It hits a little different, listeners, watchers, when that story depicts an intelligent black man who struggled through life, had a very rough upbringing, mother was on drugs, didn't know how he was going to eat, didn't know where he was going to sleep, struggled a lot. And when I say struggled, it doesn't mean he didn't have a house. It doesn't mean he had nowhere to live. It didn't mean he was out homeless. But he wasn't living the, the highest quality of life. He wasn't to the point where he could just focus on school. He could just focus on football. He had a lot of things in his life that distracted him. It's, it's uh, unfortunate that a man like that was um, pretty much used as a pun and that <clears throat> to get him to a certain university. And like I said, it's, it's very unfortunate like like people like I said, people are saying that these movies constantly show images of people who that aren't. It didn't go that way. They change it. They fabricate certain things. But the unfortunate part is that you took this man and you made him 
looked like the one that uh, needed the help. And he was the one who couldn't make it on his own and wasn't self-sufficient and all these type of things. And you put this, made this white family look like heroes when all they were doing were basically playing a game. They were making this young man the next prize recruit that they could send over to the Rebels. Kenny Stubberfield. That's the problem I have with it. Can I tell you a problem I have and with I think it as well? That's a problem he should have as well. Go no, ahead. absolutely. I agree with everything mm-hmm. you just said. Yeah. There's also another set of problems that I have with it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the way that the story is being portrayed in the in the media right now. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 conversations that are being had um by the lawyers that are representing right, right. the Tui family is is this idea that they were being extorted behind the scenes. Oh, that's bullshit. By Michael Orr, threatened. I'm gonna go public, plant stories, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. As somebody who has dealt with um in a in a, a different part of my life a few years back, yeah. I had a lot of interactions with people that were in positions of power. Mm-hmm. And the way that my interactions went with them, um, a lot of a lot of those interactions went public at one point in my life. And what a lot of folks don't understand is that there were a lot of conversations that were happening behind the scenes like a year or two before this and decisions that were made by those people that were in positions of power mm-hmm. made it a necessity to go public with it, to go public with how they were responding to the, to the conversations that we were having. And when those conversations went public, the response to that was, He's trying to hit piece us. He's trying to hurt us. Mm-hmm. He's trying to destroy us. We're stunned. We're shocked. We're saddened by what's going on. Yeah. This is Instead of dealing with their bullshit. If if they were deeply devastated by the actual relationship breakdown that happened between Michael Orr and the Tui family, then those conversations that started a couple of years back, if they truly cared about that, they would have mm-hmm. fixed it in private. Yeah. The issue that people yeah. are having now. The, the issue that they are having now is that it's public and it makes them look bad. And and I, 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 take, I look at that and I go, Michael Orr can be portrayed now as somebody who is trying to plant a hit piece about them when privately he's been trying to work this out behind the scenes privately yeah. for a few years. Right. And they the private conversations, their love for Michael Orr didn't um, – create a desire for them to fix those issues, but now it's happening because it's public. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is the part that I think if you were to, if you take a step back and remove all of the, you know, unplug from the matrix and, and stop looking at these rich white folks as the, the heroes of this story, yeah. you would be able to say, like, if you truly cared about this kid, why didn't you deal with this a long time ago? Yeah. He had issues a long time ago. Yeah. About this movie, about the way he was portrayed, about all these different kinds of things. And they continue to... They continue to profit yeah. off of that story. They not continue, just financially. Just, not just financially, but just in just their reputation. Just your image look dope their as hell. image look dope. You knew it didn't go down like that. Yeah. And and so that's the part of it to me. That's the disingenuous part of it to me yeah. on the Tui side of things is they are sh- stunned and shocked and saddened and accusing him of all these different things. And the only reason they're doing that is because it's mm-hmm. public. And... Yeah. People that want things to remain hidden are scared when things go public. They're yeah. scared when they're in the shadows. They're scared of the sunlight being poured on it. Right. And so that's why I that that's another part of it that I just want people to look at and yeah. say, 
This is this is something that's been dealt with for years, and now that it's public, now they're motivated mm-hmm. to action. And what does that mean to me? They don't care about that kid. No. They care about their public image. image. Yeah, for sure. Because it doesn't matter because you didn't see him as – you know this, man. There are kids that I worked with when we worked with kids that I'm still connected to. And I'm not gaining nothing from being connected to them. They're adults now, 25, right. 30 years old. Right. I'm not gaining nothing from it. You right. know what I mean? So, like, it's it's a difference, man. Like, it's 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 a total difference for sure. Um, you made me think about something else too, man. Um, I keep talking about how we keep trying to downplay the fact that they Built this relationship with this kid strictly because they want him to go play for Ole Miss. That's one thing. But I have a question, Kenny. We can play same energy real fast. Why isn't this situation being looked at in the same way as mm. I'm going to stay local? I don't even have to go national, Kenny Stubblefield. The Albert Means situation. Right. Now, I know people say, hey, it's so much different, man. That kid got paid to go to school. He got paid to, you know, somebody – Paid so and so to go to Alabama and all you know these the the young guy whatever his right. name, yeah cool, but the two he's identified a thriving offensive lineman, moved him into their house, took care of him, mm-hmm. fed him, gave him something he didn't have, then he they went out and got a conservatorship to make it legal, <laughs> you know what I mean, followed this kid to Ole Miss, and that that document is still on him to this day. And they're trying to gaslight him. Like, it's, yeah, man, all you do is tell us what it took that a long time ago. He was an 18-year-old kid. He didn't even know what y'all were doing. You know what I mean? He said, he thought, I thought y'all adopted me. That never happened. And also, why don't we look at this like we look at the uh, Lawson family situation, which people love to dissect so much. Mm-hmm. We're we not kidding Lawson for getting his own kids into college and taking the, the perks that come with that. And we talk about this man like he's a dog. We don't do this with Hugh Freeze. We're not doing this with Sean Tuer. Mm. Tell me why. Anybody, hit the comments. Tell me why y'all don't look at it the same way. And also, we, because the movie. Yeah. Anthony? <laughs> yeah. Like, we can, down, it, right? it's just we can the downplay movie, right? the movie all day long. <laughs> it's just because of the movie. It's right? the movie. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's the movie. I think it's something else, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> well, but what does the no. movie propagate? Like, what is the what what theme does the movie put out? My there? lips are zip. Nah, if, man. If, if you listen to the audio podcast, I'm this is me. This is an audio aid. If, if I'm telling you what the, the people watching see. They see me zipping my lips. That's Kenny Stubblefield saying it. I'm saying it. Hey, I'll let you say it, bro. That movie promoted the white savior complex yeah. that a lot of our white brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Memphis and the surrounding areas. Deal that they're, they're they knee deep the, in. They yeah. love the white savior, the white savior story, mm-hmm. and that movie was the gospel mm-hmm. of white saviorism, and and that's so that's the that's why we look at it differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm about to say something to make people mad, man. They're gonna be mad at me. You know something else the white savior complex does? As we go to break, what's that? It makes you take credit for changing Tony Allen, changing Zach Randolph. Mm. Yeah, we're going to go to break. They're going to get mad. Because, <laughs> you know, we changed Tony, man. We we, we rehab Tony and Zebo. Mm-hmm. Memphis did. Yep. Yeah. But now there are Tony and there are Zebo. Until they do something bad, then we'll kick them off to the side for a minute. And Yeah. 
Let me go to break before I start getting for real. <laughs> man, we about to go to break, man. We about to have a great guest, my man Paul Young, uh, mayoral candidate for the city of Memphis. He's gonna join us for the sit down with saying during the break. Check out our uh, advertisements. Check those out. But also check out uh, that story about Leanne Tui when two young black boys came into her Taco Bell <laughs> and, the, and the stunt that she pulled. I want to talk about it in detail, but I ain't got time. About to take a break. My man Paul Young coming up next on Anthony the Saints Show. We'll see y'all in a minute. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Whether it be through development, guys like Seth that are now going to his third year. Can start. he shave yet? Is he shaving? Uh, I think he's starting to shave. I, I'm gonna <laughs> may let him borrow my razor since I'm not using it as much anymore. And uh, we're all about to. bearded Silverfield, by the way. You like the beard? Yeah. That was a thing. I don't know if you know that. Like the on fans the internet. like it? Oh, well, I don't know. We're I, trying to get it going. Yeah, well, if, we try if to create the fans the like it. You know, it looks okay. You know, that's. I'm all for it. I'll, I'll keep it going. We're beard guys. So. Uh, Y'all look sharp. I like it. Perfect. Give you guys a lot of credit. The whole bearded crew out here. It's good. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. As promised, I told y'all we had a very important guest today. Memphis mayoral candidate Paul Young is in the building. What up, what up, Paul what Young, up? what's going on, my I'm brother? good, man. How you doing? Good, man. We had this conversation many months ago. I want you to come on, man. You kept your word. You rock with me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, I appreciate sir. you, man. You took a picture with my son. Also a future mayor of Memphis, Gabriel Sane. Yep, uh, I remember that. Yeah, remember my man. That. My man, Gabe, man. My man, Paul Young in the building. Appreciate you. Paul, uh, starting off, you are, we're gonna, we're, okay, i tell you what. We're going to talk a little politics. All right. We're going to talk a little sports. Now, okay. they say you're not supposed to mix the two, but right, we're going to do it today, this, man. This life. In life, you mix them, so There you go. There you go. It. There you go. Let's get it. All right, Paul, as everyone knows, you are one of several, honestly, probably too many several candidates <laughs> yeah. running for mayor. Yeah, too many somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you think makes you stand out amongst the crowd of people to, that are running? Um, my authenticity, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in this for pure reasons, man. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't need the job. I'm running because I'm prepared for the job. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. really doing this because I feel like I've been training for this opportunity right. my whole career. I'm a city planner, so I literally went to school to figure out how do you build a great city mm -hmm. and neighborhoods and communities, and that's what I've been doing the last 20 years, and I feel like Memphis deserves to have somebody from that type of background. Mm -hmm. We never have before. Um, right. And, you know, I just feel like I'm re – and I represent this next generation. Yeah. It's time for us to – not move with politics as usual. Right. It's time for us to do something different. It's time for the younger generation to begin leading. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just enough to be young. You got to be young and prepared. Right. And that's what I am. I hear you, man, for sure. Well, uh, how many people are there running? Exactly? 17 people in the race total. That's a lot of people, man. A lot of people. But, man, <laughs> I, I stay focused. I don't even, yeah, you worry about it. Don't that. even matter. Right. Okay, so so who you think, 
Who you think just need to go on and quit, man? Cause it's just eating up, <laughs> just spitting the vote about <laughs> I think all of them should quit except for me. Um, but you know, I, I do get it, man. Yeah. You know, people. This is a the first non-incumbent election in 51 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that there's a lot of people in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's up to me to make sure I stand out, and so I'm always showing up. And we always represent yeah. every event that we come to. We come in strong. We're giving um, great energy uh, because I feel like, like I said again, I represent what the city needs right now. I mm-hmm. represent what the people want right now. And so I just had to keep proving it. I got you. Well, I'm going to say this, number 8 through 15 or 17, I don't know. Might be time for you to go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You... Oh, man. <laughs> well, I grew up in Memphis as well. Uh, me and you the same age. We talked off, off camera yeah. and found that out. I was in elementary school when uh, former Mayor Harrington was elected. Mm-hmm. 90-something. Yep, 1991. Yeah, I'm 43 years old, so I think I was maybe in fourth, fifth grade when he was elected uh, as mayor of Memphis. And, you know. Mayor Harrington had his good, his bad. You know, yeah, we all rock yeah, he with did his uh, thing. Mayor Harrington for sure. My thing is now, I'm like, all right, Mayor Harrington, man. We, I appreciate you, man. I respect you. Me personally, this is just Anthony Desain speaking as, as a voter, right. <clears throat> as a citizen of Memphis. My thing is I would prefer that Mayor Harrington endorse someone else right. or groom someone else mm-hmm. and, instead of actually being in the race. Agreed. Uh, and he's all, I've also noticed that he's not – He's not participating in any debates at all. Like yeah, he's just, I mean, he the OG. He don't right, have to. <laughs> right. I mean, so, he the OG. He, we know who he is. Mm. People know his name. So I, I understand his perspective. Mm. Um, and I, I would, too, hope that um, he would he would mentor someone or, or share the knowledge and mm. insights. But, you know, he, he is who he is. Yeah, for sure. My goal is just beat him. And yeah. when I beat him, he'll still be a mentor. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. If he's willing yeah, to support, I mean, but I just had to prove it, and that's what I'm out to do. I'm with you, I'm with you for sure. Um, what's a common criticism that people say about Paul Young, or, or something negative they may say, and what do you have to say in response to? Um, they say too young. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're from the older generation, and the response is, "Well, line us up and ask us any question." Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Um, because. I'm not that young. I'm 43. Right. <laughs> a grown man has been working for the last. I feel 20 old. Years. We the same age. Yeah, we old, man. Right. We, we old now. <laughs> I um, wake up every day. So, um, you know, I've heard the the I'm too young. Uh, certainly, there are those that that love to throw this card saying that I'm a Republican, which mm-hmm. they know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, just like millions of Democrats across the country, have uh, voted in Republican primaries, mm-hmm. not the general Republican primaries. Uh, to make a selection on the other side of the ledger. Uh, but to that, I just say, we too focused on stuff that don't matter. Right. Because none of that matters. I'm yeah. a Democrat, and I lead with that. But at the end of the day, Democrats been in office, Republicans been in yeah. office. When I go to the hood, the result is the same. So yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, who's going to get the job done for Memphis? Yeah. Those are the things that I think we need to be talking about. But... You know, it's a distraction yeah. that, that people use because they feel this momentum and energy and they want to figure out how to stop it. Man, I feel you 100 on that. Speaking of momentum and energy and speaking of the hood, 
uh, Paul Young, what we doing about the Kia boys and the Hyundai boys? <laughs> <laughs> if you were at all, so be real. This yeah, this yeah, this, yeah. this question wouldn't have mattered to me about a week ago. Right. But but oh, the Hyundai boys you? got me. They, they got, they me, got me. They got me a little while ago. <laughs> so man, what are we gonna do about our people, man? Um, you know, when it when it comes to breaking into cars, those tend to be the younger, mm -hmm. younger young people. Right. Um that you know, they wanna go in, find a gun, maybe they steal a car and take it to a chop shop. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, we gotta hold them accountable, particularly if you've done it multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have to have find some solutions that's gonna take you out of circulation for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also have to double down on this intervention side of yeah, things. Man. It's like these young people are crying out for hope. They're yeah. crying out for answers. When they're breaking into these cars, that's a plea for help. Yeah. Uh and I believe that we know who the young people are that are headed down the wrong path, yeah. whether they've they've broken into one car and gotten in trouble. We should be targeting interventions, yes, man. opportunities to those young people so that they make up their mind that that's not the path. And I think we wait too long. We yeah. wait till we have to hold them accountable on the other side and lock them up for a while instead of investing some dollars now to prevent them from taking that next step yeah. down the wrong path. Man, you, you speaking my language now, man, because... Uh, the two guys that you met when you came in, mm -hmm. Kenny Stubberfield, our executive yeah. producer, and Perry Sharkey, our uh, uh, associate producer for the uh, Bluff City Media, all three of us have backgrounds in working with young kids in yeah. the inner city. Like, yeah. like this, we everything we talk about, we can always take it back to mm -hmm. those type of measures, man. And with that being said, like I said, I'm a big advocate for mentorship. Even this Michael Orr stuff, we're spending yeah. it in that direction, talking about the kids we worked with in, in the inner city. Mm -hmm. um, and I know your father, um, Mr. Yeah. William Young. Yeah. I know that's one of his passions as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, how much do you think that strong mentorship can really affect the crime problem here in the city? Oh, it's the answer. It's the answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we find mentors that can truly connect to the people yeah, uh, that are committing these crimes, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one thing to have people that, that come in and say, Boy, you got to do better, and you need yeah. to do this so you can get. Yeah, show I hear you. Them, but though, have yeah. you have you show me how? Put some hands on. If them. if nobody yeah. in their life has ever told them this is something you can do, they don't even know the realm of possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so when you have mentors that come from the same or similar backgrounds, they can connect with them in a different way. That's showing them opportunities. Man, that's a game changer. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you totally on that. You speaking my language for sure, and I know. Kenny behind the glass is really uh, probably jumping <laughs> up and down as well. Um, your father also was a big advocate for mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the African-American community. And with us, man, you know, we we think we got the answers. We think we found the solution and everything. Yeah. And they say we're probably the most traumatized race, but the most under uh, 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 counseled or, no you know, question. receiving therapy. Um, you see these kids, man, and they're traumatized. You talk mm -hmm. to kids who their story is horrible. They've seen terrible things. At young ages, man, uh, going back to Michael Orr again, looking at his story, the things he went through as a young man, um, mm -hmm. seeing death early, seeing poverty early, worrying about what, how you're going to eat. Those things all cause mental damage as well. No you know question, what I mean? man. It's things that he's still trying to process as an adult. Where does that, how does that part uh Man, that, that's plan? that's top of the list for me. Yeah. I, I was <clears> at a, a meet and greet that we had the other night. Um, actually, it was a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and there was a young lady that asked me a question about mental health. And, and where it ranked for me. And I was telling her that's at the top of the list because we don't realize how much trauma mm -hmm. we go through. Even right. like our age yeah, bracket, you exactly, 43 man. just like me. Uh -huh. So you grew up in the 90s. Yeah. By the time I was 21, 
I probably had five, six friends that had been shot and killed mm-hmm. that I knew. Facts. And I, I grew up with my mom and dad in a good household. Mm-hmm. Five or six people that I knew that were my friends were shot and killed. You know how traumatic that is? Yeah. Like, if, if you live in other communities, mm-hmm. that is so far from what is normal. Right. In our community, that's the norm. Yeah. We used to that. These kids are walking around with that on their back. Their uncles are getting killed. Their cousins getting mm-hmm. killed. Their friends are getting killed. They're living in a world where this is the norm. Mm-hmm. That is just automatic trauma. And if we have ways to get, like one of the things I did when I was growing up, I was well, actually not when I was growing up, I was grown, uh, I became a peer advocate liaison where mm-hmm. I was a peer counselor with people that were going through different issues. It was just that simple. I, right. wouldn't, I didn't have degrees and certifications. We just sat down and talked, mm-hmm. and it changed people's lives. Yeah, like, we need to be implementing strategies like that that allow people to get off some of the hurt and pain because yeah. what's happening is it's balled up and they're taking it out on others. Yeah, man. It's, it's solid stuff you're saying for sure, man. Um, it sounds like what you're saying is that we have to give our youth some hope. Yeah, absolutely. To, that's the answer. We have to shed some light for them. Man, that's the answer. It's not rocket science. Right. But yeah. in order to shed that light, uh, Mr. Young, mm-hmm. they got to have their lights on. Because <laughs> you know I mean, in Memphis when the lights when yeah. it rain outside, or, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, you switching the infrastructure. All right, I got you. So how we gonna how we gonna keep these lights on? Uh, how we gonna keep them on? Paul, well, yeah. I mean, you know, not to get get too too. In, I'm an electrical engineer, so I okay, can, I can go right. deep on it. At but the, the guy there. at right, the end ahead. of the day, I mean, we're gonna have to invest some money. Mm-hmm. There's, there's dollars that have been allocated to start. Trimming the trees yeah. so the trees don't fall on the power lines every time it rains. Yeah. We're going to have to invest some more dollars to strengthen the poles because, you know, we got a lot of wood poles which snap mm-hmm. in the storms. Right. And make them steel poles. They'll stay up and they'll be stronger. Mm. Move some lines underground. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a process. We can't – we have neglected investing these mm-hmm. in these things for many, many years. And it's going to take some time before we get yeah. get it where it needs to be. Another major issue is uh, lack, lack of education, lack of resources, mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately leads to poverty. Yeah, no question. Uh, you go to schools in South Memphis. I worked in schools in South Memphis. Kenny worked in schools in South Memphis. Uh, you see a great disparity from where from the kids we you know from kids across town or kids in the suburbs or right. whatever. How do we kind of balance that? And also, how can we bring more resources to the city as far as new companies, new businesses, jobs? Yeah, so so on the education side, um, it's really a matter of the city stepping up and being a partner with the Memphis and Shelby County school system. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get caught up in, is the city going to put dollars into the Memphis and Shelby County school budget? Mm-hmm. Whether or not that happens is irrelevant. The city should be investing in those same young people that are right. going to school every day. We should be investing alongside education. Memphis and Shelby County Schools has our young people from 7 to 3. We, as a city, should be investing in those young people from 3 to 7. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they leave that building, what right. programs are they walking right, into? Right, right. What after-school care? Uh, what churches are available in that area, What in that zip code that can serve those kids? And so that's my goal is to make sure that we are a true partner. You asked about something else. In uh, bringing more better jobs. More better jobs. Yeah. Uh, better jobs means we we lean into the jobs of the future. Mm-hmm. What these companies are looking for are workers, employees, a mm-hmm. skilled workforce, people that have the skills of the future. So mm-hmm. if we're, we're moving into advanced manufacturing, now that we got Blue Oval City right down the street, mm-hmm. we should be training for those jobs in high school, just like at East High School where I graduated from. Yeah. 
they now have a, a, a airplane mechanic program yeah. where you yep. can go to school there and focus on aviation and leave and go to FedEx and get a job making seventy thousand a year right. out of high school. Exactly. Like that's game changing. Yeah, for sure. I told I totally agree with you, man. I like a lot of what you're saying for sure. Anthony, uh, can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Mr. Young, I, I this this uh, question <laughs> hits home to me. Right. I, I know I'm kind of in the in the. The, the ghost or the, the voice of God yeah, coming right. in your ears. Yeah, yeah. I don't see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so Anthony has mentioned a couple of times that, that we've had the opportunity to work in, you know, South Memphis schools. And yeah, man. I have a son who is nine years old who uh, was diagnosed on the spectrum uh, when he was five years old and has been um, in a school system that has allowed for you know, a lot of individual education plans and IEP meetings and things like that for him to help him be able to grow and 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 kind of work through some of the issues that will help him become a productive member of society. Right. And one of the things that hit me as I was in those meetings with, you know, his school system was a lot of the same things that I see in him at that age were some of the same things that I was seeing in kids in South Memphis that I was working with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without the opportunity, a lot of these kids didn't have the same um, expertise around them to be able to diagnose, to be able to set individual education plans, things like that. And I know as the mayor of Memphis, you have a lot on your plate, but in terms of like one of the things that I've seen with that is a lot of these kids that grow up that are now in the system and, and that are in, you know, that have a record or have issues that they've gone through. If they had been able to be helped early on the way that my son is being helped right now, um, I feel like th- there would be a lot less issues for those kids. They wouldn't be automatically brought into the system and have a record and not be able to have a good job or, or whatever's out there for yeah, them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that in terms of, you know, working with the school systems, working with, you know, as the mayor of, as the future mayor of Memphis, what do you, what do you see? Is that a, an important thing for you to, to, to look into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we have to find ways to meet all of our young people where they are. What are the ways to get the resources to our young folks so that they can learn in the best manner possible yeah. for them, uh, regardless of what the issue is that they're working on? I certainly don't have all the expertise that, you know, folks that work in the school system and deal with these challenges each day. Uh, but my goal is to make sure that as city mayor, if there are programs that we can help fund, if there yeah. are ways for us to to leverage our government structure to support the young people in our community, I want to find ways to do it. And, you know, I've always been one to admit when I'm not the expert in the room uh, and I'm not an expert in that space, but I I have kids. I know what I would want for my kids, and I want the same for everyone's kids. Yeah, good stuff. Appreciate you, Kenny. That was good stuff, man. Kenny, stop with it. good stuff. Thank you, man. Oh, you good, man. The, voice, the voice went away. The voice went oh, away. No voice, I was yeah. muted. I didn't know I was <laughs> muted. My bad. Oh, man. We talked a lot about mentorship yeah. earlier uh, in the segment. And sometimes some adults need mentors as well. <laughs> yeah, we do. John we Morant. Do. Uh, uh-huh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My guy. I love John. John Morant, man. Oh, yeah. John, we're pulling for John for sure, man. man. Um, this show has been one of the more positive shows uh, as far as the whole John Morant situation is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, I know you're a sports fan. I know you can speak on this as well. Um, the Grizzlies brought in Marcus Smart. They brought yeah, in Derrick yeah. Rose. Yeah. Two vets, OGs. Two vets. You know what I mean? Um, how do you think that's going to impact Ja this season? I think it'll be great for Ja. I mean, I think Ja is going to be focused, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has, he has a chip on his shoulder now. He has something to prove. 
I mean, he did what young people do, man. Yeah. We we didn't grow up in a world With cameras. where <laughs> we pick up the phone and everything we're doing, we're yeah. talking about. We're showing everybody. And we definitely weren't born into that. Yeah, we weren't born into that. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been born in a world mm-hmm. where that's, ever since he was 10, they've had a phone and they show off and do silly stuff because mm-hmm. that's just what they do. But now you're 23 and the world is watching everything yeah. that you tweet even your friends tweet right um and so you know I'm, I'm rooting for him i think he's gonna he's gonna do well anyway even if they weren't here mm-hmm. but bringing in marcus smart derrick rose who you know derrick and and ja have similar games at least mm-hmm. derrick in his prime and ja right now in his prime mm-hmm. i mean i think their games are similar so i think they'll 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 mesh very very well. Man. Yeah, I think it's gonna be tight, man. You know, we get a we get a good strong wing player in there with them. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. gonna be a force. They're gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah. be tough for sure. Uh, the Grizzlies, of course, were not here when we were kids. Nah, nah. But we both were hoops fans back in yep, the days. Definitely. What did your sports fandom look like before the Grizzlies came to town in all sports? Like, man, I just love basketball. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was a uh, what I what I call myself a church league legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't play for the uh, for the team. Uh, but, you know, I played a lot of intramural basketball. But, you know, I, my team was Indiana Pacers because okay. I still remember when Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller cut up on the New York Knicks and mm-hmm. gave, like, you know, the throat choke sign yeah. to Spike Lee in the front row in the playoffs. He hit the eight points uh, in Six, 20 seconds, yeah, okay, just yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was my squad. But I just love basketball, man. NBA is where it's at. Yeah, I grew up. I used to like Reggie too, man. Like, he was – yeah, Reggie he had was that heart. He, yeah, it was just heart. <laughs> he like, wasn't afraid of Jordan, man. He, he wasn't was afraid like, of anybody. <laughs> right. And I mean, he couldn't. I Jordan mean, cook him sometimes. Yeah, yeah, his handles weren't crazy. Yeah. His defense wasn't great. He'll he'll shoot your lights out, but mm-hmm. he just played hard. Right. And I know you. I know you thought we were done with uh, political talk. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I can mix it up, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, got, I have range. I got a good one for you. Uh, right. There's some state funding. Allocated uh-huh. to the city of Memphis for yep. our arenas, yep. stadiums, three hundred and fifty million. Yep, a lot, there's a lot of talk about that. Mm-hmm. This might be the question of the hour. Where do you sit? Because you got a lot of people waiting on this question. You got, your, right. you got your Tiger fans, you got Grizzly fans tuning in. Where do you sit as far as those funds and the allocation is concerned? Um, I, I mean, I I, I want to see the Tigers. And, I'm sorry, the Grizzlies and the Tigers are top of the list. Mm-hmm. I think the Grizzlies have to be at the top mm-hmm. um, because. You know, we need that NBA team. Mm-hmm. We need we we need to make sure that they stay here. Uh, I'd love to see us find a balance where we can get both things done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Tigers are super important. They've been here. They were here before the Grizzlies. Yeah. They've been, you know, the, the, the root of our inspiration mm-hmm. uh, for many years with Memphis State and all that we've done, um, you know, from back in the day. So, yeah. I mean, it's a math equation. It's yeah. like how do you make the math work? You know, expense and stadiums are expensive, and it's gonna take a lot of work. And just got to get in the room and yeah, everybody, all the adults got to get in the room. All the adults got to get in the yeah. room, and then we have to be creative. I mean, you can find some other creative sources. You can mm-hmm. um, do seat taxes and other fees yeah. that allow for you to be able to, you know, get this thing financed on both sides. Uh, another big topic of conversation is conference realignment. Right now, yeah. uh, University of Memphis is on the outside looking in, as far as it's concerned. Do you think that uh, the U of M sports can still thrive and, and the city will still care about those entities over there if if we are, you know, three or four years still on yeah. the outside looking in? Well, I mean, we've still we've been sustaining yeah. and, and we've been doing well without being in those conferences, <clears throat> but I do think that we should continue to push to make mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah. Uh, we have a major league team 
And we want to make sure we're treated as such. Right. And unfortunately, the only way to get that treatment is to get into a larger conference. And yeah. I think we should continue to ambition towards it, whether it takes us next year or five years from now. We yeah. need to keep pushing. Yeah, like, I like how you said how we've been sustaining all this time. It's, we're so deep-rooted. Yeah. Tigers are so deep-rooted in us, right. man. That's, it's our, like that's our squad. Yeah, if we're, if we're playing whoever, we're still going to care. We're still going to have that passion. Right. So, yeah. if, you're, if you're the next mayor of Memphis, you're obviously going to be in those meetings with those mm -hmm. conference heads, Yeah, those TV executives that are kind of running this whole thing. What's your pitch? Like, take us into that room. Yeah. What's How your you pitch to it? those guys? How do you sell University of Memphis and the city of Memphis as a whole? I think the way we sell it is – they don't realize how much Memphis loves our team. Mm -hmm. They don't realize how deep the blue blood runs in yeah. our community. Yeah. Like, they're used to these college towns that have these rampant fans because, you know, they went to Duke, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's just what it is. They don't realize that Memphis, we, our love is just as big. Right, we, we ain't even had to go to the school. We you know, still, we treat it like a protein. You're going to get the yeah. numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, because for, for them, it's all about numbers. Like, yeah. will we get enough fans in the seats? Mm -hmm. Will we get enough views on TV? Yeah. Um, and we had to drive home that point. Dude, you're going to have it with Memphis. You you just have to come and, come and feel this energy. Mm -hmm. Come and feel how much the people of Memphis love these teams. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's the root of the sale. And then you're going to have the economic factors and making sure they know that they're going to make their money. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned the Grizzlies earlier, how they're, of course, you know, priority number one being the pro team here. Um, their negotiations are going to have to come up soon about right. their next lease right. on their deal. How confident are you that, you know, we'll get that done? I'm very confident. I believe that uh, we'll, we'll be able to get it done. I mean, I work with the Grizzlies quite a bit. I'm mm -hmm. the president of the Downtown Memphis Commission okay. now. I know that they love Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's still a numbers game. It's business. And so we mm -hmm. want to make sure that the business points are checked. But um, I think that we'll get it done. I mean, as a city, it's great to have an uh, NBA team because we are in a national competition for talent. Yeah, And so if you are a major company and you're trying to recruit talent, you need to be able to impress upon them that they're going to be moving to a cool city. Yeah, So the Grizzlies help us demonstrate the cool. It gives us quality of life enhancement. Mm -hmm. And so that's why these sports teams are part of the broader goal of yeah. being able to grow our economy. So people talk bad about being able to invest in stadiums, and I get it because we have so many pressing needs, but it's not either or. It's both and. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Um, with the with the talent that the Grizzlies have, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, they've definitely got a championship yeah, formula definitely. going over there. Mm -hmm. Nice front office. You you've met with these guys before. Um, so when we had a championship parade, mm -hmm. like what does that championship parade look like to you? Bill like, Street. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we on Bill Street. Uh, we take it all the way down to the riverfront. We we go from Tom Lee Park all the way up to Church Park, okay. and you know take Bill Street. But we we're, we're gonna get that parade and. You know, we have a squad. I mean, I hate that um, Adams was out during the playoffs. Yeah. I think the complexion of the game would have been a lot different. Yeah, man. Um, if you would have had Adams and Triple J down there, yeah. uh, both on the board. Brandon Clark, too. Brandon Clark. Yeah. So injuries hurt us last season. Uh, but, you know, we're young, and our window is still open. And, sure. and we, are, we are a legit threat anytime we're on the court. And so we want to keep that, keep that title. You talked about how there's a, a partnership, like how the, the University of Memphis and the Grizzlies have to, you know, they're all a draw to the city. Mm -hmm. They all make the city look Definitely. good. Coach Penny Hardaway, the team he's yeah. putting together this year, yeah. you know, we were worried about his recruiting class and, like, he's signing these major guys. Nah, Penny's a stud, here, man. Yeah. He, he gets it done, man. He 
he went through some some fire at the beginning, you know, because Memphis, we hard on our oh, folks, yeah. even if you're from here, we hard. Uh, but, but, but you know, he showed and proved. Like, yeah. once you show and prove, we'll shut up. Yeah. But, you know, he had to prove it to us and, you know, cut some folks out. Yeah. And now we, now we good. <laughs> right. And he's doing his thing, so we support him. It's kind of like how you were saying about people say you're too young. Like, Penny had to learn yeah. on the job. He had yeah. to. He had, he he had, had, to, yeah. he had to take a few lumps, but. He got it. Yeah, now, now he has a machine. And, you know, I th- I feel like last season was probably his best season. Coaching-wise, um, yeah. Yeah, coaching-wise, like, you could see the growth mm-hmm. uh, over the few years that he's been there. And so I had the utmost faith in him. All right, final question for you. Paul Young, mayor, mayoral candidate for the uh, Memphis election coming up very soon. Make sure y'all get out and vote. Make sure y'all early voting coming up soon. Make September sure get, 15th. There it is. Get in line, man. Yeah. I'm an early voting guy, man. Yeah, me too. Because I don't even know where to vote. Yeah. Be honest with you, I always go to early voting because you can vote anywhere. Right, so, yeah. right, right. There That's the way to do it. There it is. But fa- final question for you, Mr. Young. What is your favorite local sports memory that you remember from your childhood, adulthood, recent, whatever? Favorite or worst? Because I got a worst. The worst. Yeah, <laughs> okay, what the is The worst one was, <laughs> that's the one that jumped in my mind, uh-huh. even though it's not my favorite, was when we lost in 2008, mm-hmm. man. I've never, ever been hurt like that over a sports game. <laughs> yeah. Like, my feelings were hurt. We were grown-ass men. <laughs> man, man, what you said. Yeah. I mean, for for at least two months, I couldn't even watch Sports Center. Yeah. Uh, because of the pain I felt of being so high uh, two minutes before the game ended. <laughs> well, we thought it was going to end. Pre-celebrated championship. To, man, the gasp at the end oh, when man. we went to overtime. Uh, so that was probably the worst. In terms of the best, I mean, it's not a one-time. It's just the Grizzlies playoffs, man. The Grizz playoff seasons are just, yeah. they're just, just magic, man. Yeah, it's it's it's, sure. a, it's an amazing feeling in the city. It just feels so good when you're in the stadium. You don't know the person next to you, white, black. You can be Republican, Democrat. You don't yeah. know who's who, but you just slapping Parents fives. And and all, y'all out yeah, yeah, we all out there. We all out there. Uh, yeah. And so you know, you just just team Memphis. And yeah, for sure. Man. I just love that energy. For sure. But man, Paul, I appreciate you coming on with me, brother, yes, man. Sir. You kept yes, your word. Sir. You said you said you're gonna come on and you hear it. Absolutely, I you, man. man. It's my man, Paul Young. Yes, sir. Get out and vote. I ain't gonna tell you to vote for it, but we got a good candidate September sitting here. 15th September 15th. September 30th, and then August 5th. Sorry, October 5th. Make sure you vote. Yeah, make sure y'all do that. About to take a break. When we come back, the three-pointers coming right at you on the Anthony Sane Show. See you guys in a minute. You talked about it starting up front. O-line has to be better. Here's the thing. It's like, I think they need to be more multiple, too. We've seen too many times these past two years, inside zone, outside zone. Yeah. I mean, that's it. The counter that was here, that Daryl Henderson ran so damn well for chunk plays. The counter that was here with Mike Norvell, it's just not here. The more different sort of schemes you run at a defense, and I feel like they've gotten away from it so big the past two to three years. And and you know what's frustrating about that is Ryan is an offensive line coach by trade. I mean, the amount of knowledge he has about offensive blocking schemes is massive, but he has to get back into his bag like he was when Norvell was here. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Will Memphis play a team of that caliber in the regular season this year? Wow. I asked a similar question. I'm going to say no. 
because I don't know. With, are we talking like four legitimate NBA guys? That's what I'm saying. Like they have absolute NBA players. Like what team are you going to play that has? I mean, that I think many there's, probably, there's probably a, a potential in the Bahamas, Atlantis battle for Atlantis. I mean, on you're one talking team on one team. I mean, I think it depends on who you get matched up. That is so rare. From Four. a perfect, I know TJ. From a professional standpoint, probably not. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Great interview with my man, uh, Paul Young, man. Exciting. Young mayoral candidate, man. Yeah, man. That dude wasn't just talking, man. Like, he he really <laughs> had, you could tell that he had knowledge. He had wisdom of things. Yeah. He's not just a politician. He's got tangible things that he's got knowledge of that he can come in and help the city with. Well, he's dope. already been doing in the city. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited. For it's dope because you see, even in his answers and Obviously, I, I don't live in the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. I live in the outside of Memphis. Well, get out of here! No, yeah, well, exactly. So I can't. You paid your dues. I can't city. vote. I can't vote for mm-hmm. uh, for Paul Young. Mm-hmm. Um, but just hearing him talk, knowing his background as a electrical engineer, mm-hmm. you know he's got like the smarts to like really dig deep figure into an issue and figure yeah. out stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if you noticed it or if you saw it in his face. But when you mentioned his dad, yeah, and kind of what his dad was yeah. on, like the helping of you know helping yeah. kids and his the dad mental was health, awesome, bro. He like, for real. he his face just lit up mm-hmm. because be like just behind the fourth wall or behind the paywall a little bit, he didn't have those questions in advance. No. Like you asked him straight off the top, like, yeah. and he had no clue what he the questions you were going to ask. And so just to see his face light up mm-hmm. when you talked about his dad was pretty dope for me. Right, and if you watched the interview, there were no cuts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that was all. Yeah. It was all one take. Like, yeah, he was, man, good dude, man, for sure. Man, he's definitely got my support. Uh, the three pointer uh, is, is here. It's time to talk about it, Kenny. Three uh, important things in the world of sports. We love to keep this local, but today we're not. We have, uh, just can't stop talking about James Harden. We'll start, about, we'll start off with that. Uh, <laughs> James Harden to China is the question. Man. Uh, some dude, I'm not even going, bro. Anyway. Somebody was saying that um, they're hearing that James Harden loves being in China. I ain't gonna lie, you ain't got to tell me that news because that dude looks lit, <laughs> lit as hell. <laughs> on these videos we're seeing, man, he looks man. like he's having a hell of a time uh, over there in China for sure, man. He's out there talking bad about his boss. He's out there dancing and cutting commercials and living it up, man, amongst uh, the Chinese people over there. And um, and shout out to Sean Coleman of uh, uh, Bluff City Media, man, who came out and said in the, in the Discord that you can be a part of for $5. You could have known what was happening with James Harden before it happened. Uh, Sean Cohen said, <laughs> I think I think it would be pretty cool if James Harden stayed in China. He probably could have a great life over there. And oh, I agree, God. man. Oh, God. Like, I'm being for real. He'd be like, royalty over there. Yeah, he would. Like, Stephon Barbary, like, could not find his way in the NBA after a while. Went to China and lived like Michael Jordan over They got there. damn statues of Yeah, Stephon they got Marbury. statues of him. James Harden is still at an age where he still can play. He's one of the better players in the NBA. He can go over there and destroy people, man. He can be a larger-than-life icon, for sure. You know he likes to party. He's probably going to be super touchable, super tangible. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably just going to be out there living up the life. And anything he misses about the United States, I'm sure he can have it flued in, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to be missing too much, for sure. I can definitely see it, man. 
Um, this is what I don't like. I'm going to jump on this real quick, and I'm going to get off of this. I told y'all I'm in my feelings today, so I'm going I'm to jump on this and jump off because I don't want to be, I don't want to get too too, too triggered because I'm always, I'm already there, just to be honest with you. But a uh, reporter, I'm not going to say his name. I don't even know who this guy was. He was basically saying that with the Chinese club rules, um, uh, international player can only get paid maximum $5 million a year. And um, it was like, that's, you know, that's way more than what, you know, probably eight times what James Harden is making over here. Um, he said, well, just being honest, I'm not sure how far that is from fair market value for James Harden as far as being what he's worth or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, man, y'all are doing this shit again, man. I sat here and I watched you nerd, goofball, spreadsheet-loving, excelled. <laughs> I, I, I watched this before with Carmelo Anthony, who was one of the greatest scores of all time. Um, Carmelo Anthony, a guy who, as soon as he hit Denver, that team went from being trash to being a playoff team. Come on, man. Like, I, and I saw people try to dissect, try to make Carmelo Anthony to this as loser. I know that James Harden has never won a championship, man, but don't act like the, like the super Harden era wasn't freaking incredible, bro. Like, this dude was scoring on a, an amazing clip oh my for gosh. years. That dude was taking a Houston team that didn't have a ton of talent. They had one of the best records in the league every year, four trips to the Western Conference Finals. And it's like they try to act like this dude is like a nobody at this point, man. Come on, bro. Like, don't don't do that to to these guys just because they're not fitting into this analytic mode or however you think he should play the game or whatever you whatever you want to say. Like these guys get so caught up in who they like and who they don't like media wise that they paint these horrible pictures about dudes where you start saying that five million dollars a year might be fair market value for James Harden. Like, don't do that, man. And, and I saw I saw these people do this for Carmelo Ant. To, to Carmelo Anthony. Looks like they're about to do the same shit again with uh trying to do the same shit again with James Harden. But my question is, when y'all gonna start doing this shit with Luka Doncic? Because they got the same goddamn game. Mm. Luka Doncic ain't going to no conference finals four times. So when y'all gonna start doing the same thing for him? Hey man. It's a matter of who they like and who they don't like. They they are the exact same dude. S super hardened and what we're seeing with Luka. I the shit Luka doing don't look as don't doesn't seem as cold as what James Super Harden was freaking incredible. Bro. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like that dude! That dude was dragging teams to the top of the West Conference Final, Western Conference Finals, all those type of things. Luka Doncic had one fluky ass run to the Conference Finals and included beating the stupid dysfunctional Suns team that I think the Grizzlies would have beat as well if we had gotten past the Golden State Warriors and the Golden State Warriors team that beat us got them the hell up out of there too. So. I don't take them serious. Man, get out of here. But anyway, when y'all going to start doing the same thing for, for Lucas? He's literally the same dude. Didn't Harden. they do it to Dylan Brooks, too? What you mean? They tried to. No, I'm not talking about the whole China thing. But just, they just have certain guys. Well, just devaluing just, his yeah, game. Yeah, devaluing dudes, yeah. Like devaluing his yeah, game. and Dylan got that money. But Man, Carmelo so. is the worst example. I, I know you want to get off this, oh, but yeah, Carmelo's the worst it's example. disgusting how they did Carmelo, bro. Carmelo is one of my favorite players of all time. Like, so, just for sure, mine, too. Offensively, what he could do. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't fit that that mold, man, yeah. that a lot of those guys you're talking about, yeah. man. And, and the way that they dismissed him was unbelievable to me. And the style of play that everyone loves right now, James Harden was like one of the pioneers of that style of play, where it's all three-pointers in, in, in layups. Like, yep. it's either a layup or a three-pointer. He's one of the pioneers of it. Yep. Like, come on, man. He still can do that. You know what I mean? Like, stop, 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 stop. Anyway, number two, NBA schedules were released today. Um, I don't really have too much. Uh, my man, uh, Mark King, one of the big dogs at Bluff City Media, put out a basic little little quick rundown for it. I saw that the uh, Grizzlies have, I think, 19 national TV games, including NBA TV. I think it's like 13 
or 14 that are just on your core TNT, yep. ESPN, ABC, or whatever. I don't. I'm not mad at that at all, man. All no. things considered, you're talking about 25 games that John Moran is out, right? And you you've got you got one national television game while he's out, and you got the rest, you know, in the second half of the season when all eyes are going to really be on the NBA anyway. I mean, close to 30 30 percent of the season is without their star player. Yeah, and they still have, you know, 13 or 14 ESPN TNT games. I mean, that's that's great to me. Yeah, like I, I think that's dope for sure. Um, and if you ever wonder, is this shit scripted? Uh, <laughs> a case that I would definitely say that this is scripted, the game that – the 26th game of the season, Wild. the game that John Morant comes back is on national television against the New Orleans Pelicans, and it's the game the game that he's eligible to come back, and it's on national television. Coincidence, I think not. Ja versus Zion. Ja versus Zion is going to be dope. I'm down for that. That's going to be good, man. Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, USA team, teammates. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm down for all that, bro. There's going to be some good stuff for sure. Um, MLK Day game, the Grizzlies take on uh, the Golden State Warriors. I love that. Um, we got the 5 o'clock tip for that. I love that for sure, man. Um, you get Dylan Brooks coming to town on December the 15th. Hey, man, that's going to be wild. That's going to be crazy. A game that people have a, as a game of note that I probably want to give a damn about because him and his team will probably be trash is Tyus Jones coming back on March the twelfth. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't think I don't think Tyus is gonna look good at all as a starter. No. I'm sorry, man. I think Tyus is a great player, but I think he's a great backup. I don't think he's gonna look good as a starting point guard in the NBA. Sorry. Especially on the Wizards, man. Yeah, uh <laughs> I don't see it. Victor Wimbiano comes to town on January the second against the Spurs. That's gonna be dope. We talked to an MLK game. Um, what else? Home opener, October 25th against the Pelicans. That's going to be dope. 14 backs-to-backs, uh, 18 national television games, 26 home games before the All-Star break. Um, so you, in the, in, after the All-Star break, you don't have as many games. Yeah, man. Cool stuff. We're going to be good. We're going to be awesome. We'll weather the storm while Jaws out. They're going to be good. Um, the Michael Cole on uh, the commercial appeal as we continue to talk about um, Grizzlies related stuff. He suggested Luke Kennard could start um, until John Morant comes back. And it won't be one of your young small forwards. It won't be your David Wrighties. It won't be your, um, you know, Zaya Williams, any of those type of guys, your Jake Laravius. He suggested it will be Luke Kennard who will start in the lineup that will be uh, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Marcus Smart. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. A three-guard lineup uh, with Marcus Smart being your ball handler uh, and also your primary defender. When John Morant comes back, Luke Kennard goes to the bench with the lineup that's uh, Marcus Smart, John Morant, Desmond Bain, St- Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., keeping that three-guard lineup. Um, I've kind of said this before that I think this is going to happen. We've heard Do- the Michael Cole say this before. Yeah, Michael's you know doubling down on it again. We've heard Chris Harrington talk about this. Uh, Matt Moore... Um, he talked about this as well. I don't think these guys are just pulling this out of their ass. I think they're hearing this from someone who knows something. What do you think about it? I like it. Um, uh, it's going to be cool. Uh, with Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain both on the court at the same time, the lanes are going to be super wide open. I think Jaron's going to look really good to start the season with mm. shooters like that around him. If if that's their plan uh, is to get him going with those shooters like that. I'm excited about it. I think Luke Luke is a defensive liability, but he tries. 
We'll, we'll just be praying for Luke Kennard, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, speaking of Stephen Adams, um, possible injury uh, information concerning oh, that was, him. That was wild. Yeah, yeah, weird information. Um, a show over in, in New Zealand, radio host had Pete Pranica, of all people, on his show. And uh, we got to get Pete on the show, too, man. Yeah, we do. Why we made that happen? I, I, I mean, let me reach out to some people to get Pete on the show if I can. Uh, that'll be fun. But... Um, Pete Prenica was on with this guy that's a New Zealand radio host, and the guy was saying that a friend of his who's close to Stephen Adams um, said that the Grizzlies kind of mishandled something with his surgery, that he needed surgery the whole time. Mm. They said that he didn't. They prolonged it, and then he actually got surgery, and now he's rehabbing from that. Um, yeah, they used the word misdiagnose. <laughs> yeah, that's a strong word. Uh, but I'll say this, um, and, and we've said this before too, the Grizzlies don't give clear information about stuff. And it, really leaves, don't. it leaves room for interpretation. Right. And my interpretation is that this story sounds real. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. what else would explain how weird that whole thing was with him, man? Where they said he would have an injury, he'll be out, like, I think four to six weeks. Playoffs come around, no, nah, he ain't ready. It ended up being, when did yeah, that injury was, happen? Man, that crap happened, like, in right so, after the Christmas game. Was it after Christmas? Oh, it was, like, early, like January. Like, if not, if not, yeah, it was like January or something. Yeah, yeah, man. Like something, it was something that was going on for real. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying this story is true, but it's true-ish. I'm not <laughs> it lines up with truth. It, <laughs> like you being for real, man. It sounds more like that sounds like that sounds more realistic than anything the Grizzlies were saying. And it's what you're saying, though. When you leave things up for speculation. Hey, this is what happens. Guys like me just put guys two like and that two New together. Zealand. <laughs> radio guy, New Zealand radio that. dude. They yeah. come out and say, "Hey, and I know my partner I, said Stephen Adams was way more messed up than y'all thought he was." And that, and not only that, yeah, y'all misdiagnosed that man. Misdiagnosed, strong words, man. Woo. Strong, strong words. Number three, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't really know how to stand on this. There have been a lot of different reports. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge reportedly is enrolled on campus, according to John Martin of Nineteen Ninety ESPN. He was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, so we're kind of assuming Malcolm Dandridge is coming back. My boy Sudu, not Sudu, oh my God, Parth. <laughs> my man Parth came out and said that um, don't get too excited because uh, Chris Douglas Roberts is also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Derek Rose is still in the. <laughs> <coughs> Elliot Perry, Andre Turner. Keith Lee still got a Memphis of, email. Yeah, <laughs> next coach of uh, Lamont Owen Magicians, Andre hey, Turner. Let's go. Yeah, shout out to Andre Turner. See how I threw that in there? Other news, Andre Turner replacing Bonzi Wills. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I thought Bonzi Wills had been gone. I, I had no clue he was still there. I was. Were you? Were you I a thought surprise? He was like, yeah, I tried this shit. Nah, nah, I thought he just tried it for a year. It was like, all I thought right, he man, pulled. The, I thought he pulled the Rashid and got yeah, out. He got up out there. Me and Rashid gone. I'm gonna do a podcast. So y'all just do a podcast. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know. Bunsy Wells was a citizen of Memphis for the last freaking three years. How, how, why haven't we seen him? Like, where has he been? <laughs> I think I saw him as something, man. And now he's out with Damon Stoudemire out in Georgia Tech. Yeah. You shout know. out to him, man. Hey, That's shout out. Him. That's dope. But Andre, I mean, Andre Turner, <laughs> man. Shout out to Andre Turner. Because I didn't know Bunsy. I knew he got the job. I didn't know he actually was still I didn't doing know he's still there. I thought. Shout out, man, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge reportedly is enrolled at the University of Memphis. I'm I got a feeling that this will be final. I, I got a feeling by Monday or Tuesday we'll hear something. I'll say that we'll know tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. We'll know right. tomorrow. There it is. We'll know by the – this episode comes out at noon. Yeah. I would suspect within a few hours Okay. it'll be answered. I'll take that. 
Uh, more more questions than need answers today is uh, Mikey Williams is out here in the hood. <laughs> okay. Dog. <laughs> hey, bro. So can I tell you a story? Hello, hello. hello. Okay, go ahead. Of all the names we saw on this website, Andre Turner, uh, William Bedford, <laughs> Cheyenne Gibson, Billy Richmond Jr., <laughs> not the third. <laughs> not the third. Not the third. All these names we saw on the website. I ain't seen Mike Williams. <laughs> he ain't in there. Mike Williams ass just in Memphis. <laughs> so, oh, God. All right, man, go so ahead. So on another show, uh, we had found out that Mikey <laughs> lived here. Okay. We had found out he had bought a house. But Mikey Williams did not freaking buy a house. He might have bought that house. No, I swear he on everything. He might have bought that house. So, <laughs> so we went... I don't want to give the game away, but we went went on a certain website and looked up his name. Okay. Found the address. What's his legal name? Is it Michael? Yeah. Michael Williams? Yeah. Okay. Um, found the address. Okay, man, stop. And saw a Google map of that house. Yeah. Like, this is like three weeks ago. You saw the door swinging on that joint. And on the Google, Google we map. saw it, and we were like, no way in hell Mikey bought that house. That's in the hood, bro. Like, no way. Yeah. This man was living in a million-dollar house in San Diego. <laughs> And then I saw that picture today, and I was like, oh, damn, that's that house. Like, that is the house. Maybe he's doing it for clout, man. Hey, man. Yeah, that picture had me tripping. Like, that picture like, was where, is, where this man living? <laughs> like, where, is, where are you, bro? 100%. The Memphis girls, you just got them. Yeah, you, you about to get your ass robbed. Like, bro. <laughs> they set your ass up. It's a trap. <laughs> you got a Honda? Exactly. <laughs> Might be my car over there. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Williams. It's such a wild story, man. <laughs> it just don't make no sense, man. It doesn't. It's like, because I've heard, we've heard nothing from the school saying like, hey, we're working with Mikey. He's a student. He's here in town. You know, for now, he's here. You know, we're, here. We're, we're, you know we're working with him. Now he's he found out he bought a house in the hood. In the hood. <laughs> but he's not, but he doesn't, he's not registered to go to University of Memphis, but he's here. Yeah. It's wild. What? I mean, what a wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with all of it. But yeah, we're about to take a break, man. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to get a little bit more serious for Inside the Same Brain. Imagine that. We're going to get serious for Inside the Same Brain when we come back here on Anthony Sane Show. See you guys in a minute. Whether it be through development, guys like Seth that are now going to his third year. Can start. he shave yet? Is he shaving? Uh, I think he's starting to shave. I, I'm gonna <laughs> may let him borrow my razor since I'm not using it as much anymore. And uh, we're all about to. bearded Silverfield, by the way. You like the beard? Yeah. That was a thing. I don't know if you know that. Like the on fans the internet. Like it? Oh, well, I don't know. We're I, trying to get it going. Yeah. Well, we the, try to create the, the hashtag. Like it, you know, it looks okay. You know, that's. I'm all for it. I'll, I'll keep it going. We're beard guys. So. Right. Y'all look sharp. I like it. Perfect. Give you guys a lot of credit. The whole bearded crew out here. It's good. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. 
Just wrapped up the three-pointer. Shout out again to my man, Paul Young, mayoral candidate. First ever mayoral candidate on the show. Wouldn't it be dope as hell if he won? I can look back and say, man, I had the whole mayor of my shit. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, man. Yeah, but it's all good, man. But for real, uh, shout out to Paul Young for sure. Get out and vote, y'all. Um, because the people in your local office make decisions. They make change. And something that I wish that somebody could make change for in the city of Memphis is something that I see uh, on my trips through Whitehaven that is kind of bothering me, Kenny Stubberfield. There is a local coffee shop called Muggin. And I think it has one of the dopest names ever of anything in the city of Memphis. Crazy. Memphis is known for mean mugging, grilled yep. up, all that type of stuff. And, of course, it's a coffee place, so you drink a lot of coffee mugs, so you're mugging. And you got mugging for mean mugging. I mean, it's brilliant, bro. Oh, man, it's tough. Brilliant. Man. Tough. Yeah. Uh, owners, uh, Ken Olds, Mary Olds, Mary, they're a married couple, um, decided to open this business in Whitehaven, a coffee shop. <clears throat> Very nice. It's a vibe. The energy is cool. Uh, they've survived break-ins. Uh, just wild, unfortunate things happened to them. I think they've been around for like two years now uh, in that location. I'm not three. Um, but they're doing well. You know what I mean? They they opened up a coffee shop in an area that this is before Whitehaven really started, you know, renovating, you know, the new things you started seeing out there. They moved in, and they, that area has been kind of, you know, desolate. It's, it it kind of died off. Um, that Whitehaven Plaza area used to be booming, but, you know, it's, it's kind of died off. What's in that area close to them? Uh, the new wing guru is out near them. Okay. The uh, Nike outlet. Uh, oh, store. I know exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, area, yeah. yeah. Um, they're kind of in that general area. Um, they're doing, but they're 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 doing well, man. Black-owned business here in the city of Memphis, in an area that a lot of people wouldn't touch. A lot, a lot of major businesses wouldn't touch. But guess what they got coming out there now, Kenny Stubblefield? What's that? To Whitehaven, a whole damn Starbucks is getting ready to open. Oh wow! On the lot of the Southland Mall. And oh I'm, wow! <clears throat> I'm excited about you know. The beautification of the Southland Mall. Yep. You got an AutoZone just opened up there. You got a brand new YMCA that looks dope as hell um, that they just remodeled. A um, lot of things coming into that Whitehaven area. A lot of small businesses. A lot of just just a rebirth of that area. And I'm super excited about it, man. Such a historical part yeah. of Memphis. Yeah. Um, seriously, truly a historical part of Memphis. Um, but it just kind of bothers me, man. Absolutely. It, it, it bothers me so bad to see big business... You know what I mean? And here's the thing, man. Brand recognition matters. Now, a lot of people, they knock chains and all those type of things. But when people know the Starbucks menu, they, you know, they know these things. You know, if I go to a Starbucks across town, it's the same stuff on the menu here, there, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You know how you expect how it's going to taste. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that Starbucks wouldn't come into the hood four or five years ago. But now when you see that a coffee shop can survive, in South Memphis, I mean, in, in Whitehaven. Now you want to prop your big, big business Starbucks that everybody's going to go to, even people who may have been, you know, people who dropped in to mugging occasionally because they knew they had bomb-ass coffee. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it really sucks, man, because ain't nobody going to break into this Starbucks. You know what I mean? Ken Olds and Mary Olds, their place has been, you know, broken into, I think, twice. People are going to treat that Starbucks with a whole different level of expectation. You have a bad experience at Starbucks, you're gonna, you'll be back Monday. You have a bad experience in Mug, and I know how people act. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's just how things are, man. I hate it. I hate it for them. It sucks. Um, it's hard to stay open as a small business anyway. Did you get a big business competitor coming in? Man. Yeah. It's like if you open up, it's like if you open up a, a sporting goods store and then a freaking Walmart. 
pops. <laughs> you know, a little, you got like a mom and pop, whatever, and then Walmart, whatever. It's just, it sucks, man, and and I hate it. Same on you, Starbucks. Like I said, you didn't have the braveness to open up in the hood a few years ago. Now you see that there that that market could be supported, um, that a coffee shop could thrive. Um, now you pop up, and here's my thing, and this is what I uh, appeal to people. I'm not gonna say boycott. Starbucks, because I know y'all are Starbucks loyalists. I get all that. But support the local black-owned business as well, man. Yeah. I don't drink coffee at all. I've been to I've been to Muggin probably five or six times since they've opened. I'm not a coffee drinker. But I go in there and I buy something. I buy their non-coffee drinks. Sometimes I might just, you know, just go and support, man. They got Danish and stuff like that. Go and support them, check them out. It bothers me to see uh a Starbucks opening in Whitehaven when, you know, this this black-owned business. It's just trying to stay afloat, man. Just trying, trying. They did something. They went back to a community that people had gave up on, put something that's a beautiful touch to to Whitehaven, man. Yeah. And then <clears throat> now they got to deal with a Starbucks, you know, being you know yeah. down the street. Uh, prayers and thoughts are out to my, my boy Ken and his wife Mary O's. Pulling for y'all, man. I know it's gonna be a battle. Y'all might not even be stressing about it, bro. Y'all might not, y'all might be good. I might be worrying about something y'all ain't worried about, but still. Love y'all, support y'all, hope y'all do well. I'm going to get in there ASAP. They stole my car, man, but when I get my whip back, you know, you ain't got no car, man. You be thinking all kind of shit you want to do. Like, <laughs> you gotta, you're writing like, down a list. Yeah, like, man, if I had my car, I'd go to the Crosstown Concourse. <laughs> like, what you going to the Crosstown? What you going there for? <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah, just all kind of stuff, man. Just going to go for a drive when you get your car Yeah, back. so when you don't get my car, I'll be thinking of stuff I want to do. Uh, but, yeah, but man, I support y'all. Y'all go check out Muggin', man. I'm not sure the address. It's in the Haven. Just drive down Elvis Presley. You're going to see it. It'll be up on the screen. You'll see it for sure. Uh, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, that's it, man. That's another episode of Anthony Sane Show. Props again to my man Paul Young coming in with me. That brother had a busy day today. He could have been got out, got out, went anywhere in the world. He came here to Bluff City Media Studios with your boy Anthony Sane. I appreciate you, Paul Young, for sure, man, pulling for you. Um, but, yeah, that's it. It's another great show. Thank you all for supporting. Subscribe. If you're watching and you're not subscribed to the channel, shame on you. Drop some comments. Share the posts. Tell somebody about it. Let this joint go viral, man. Help us. Blow this thing up. We are a small, local, independent media production company. Digital marketing. Digital media. This is what we do, man. What we do. This is what we do. I've been. I've worked in some shithole situations. Y'all about to trigger me again, man. Oh, no. I ain't going to do it. Me and Gabe Kuhn going to have an intervention one day in this joint. <laughs> <laughs> We went through some shit, man. But anyway, for my man Kenny Stubberfield behind the glass, for my boy Perry Sharkey, who's been my accountability partner. <laughs> we about this day. We'll see y'all next time, man. We out. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.